I don't know about you, Sam, but I'm getting some flashbacks. Flashbacks to when? To when we knocked Barcelona out of the Champions Ooh, League. Ooh, those 2012 semifinals, huh? Yep. I'm thinking uh, we should go all out after Ramirez and Fernando Torres. Uh-huh. Um, let's, let's or do we that. should go all out for them in mm-hmm. the winter transfer window. That would be great. Nice reunion. Bring the boys back. Well, we, well, they just know how to beat Barcelona. Am I right? Yeah, they do. They, they, they've done it before. They might not do it again. So um, here's what we're doing. We're trying to work on our intros. I don't know how that one was, but I think it was better than most. Yeah. I think so. Welcome to episode number 24. Obviously, this is the Romans Empire podcast. And yes, we are not messing around. We really should buy Fernando Torres and Ramirez. <laughs> No, and we were um, messing around maybe a little bit. We, we actually, we actually did draw Barcelona in the Champions League round of sixteen. So I mean, before we dive into like our other match reviews and whatnot, this is obviously like the hottest topic of the day. Is that? Oh, definitely. I mean, we knew going into today that we're either going to be uh, matched up against either uh, PSG, um, Besiktas, or. Barcelona and of course uh, we got Barcelona. I mean I just I would not have liked to get PSG. It seems like we we draw them every year and uh we I just wanted to I just wanted something year. fresh, you know. I mean of course last time we played Barcelona in uh Champions League we were definitely not favored to win it that year and I feel like we're kind of we're in a similar situation this year that I don't think a lot of people are picking us to win it this year so I you know um, and if, I feel like we're in a similar situation in that year, so it's definitely like it's possible. I think uh, I think we're better off drawing PSG. I mean, uh, getting Barcelona over PSG. Excuse me. Um, mainly because not the way they play per se, but I think it's more of the way we play. We excel by sitting behind the ball and just letting the team play with it in front of us. And obviously that does play into Barcelona's strong suit, but I don't think Barcelona's team is equipped to handle our counterattack at all. But obviously in an I- ideal world, we would have drawn Besiktas, but, yeah. but obviously we aren't, like, there is no way in hell we were going to hey, get but, that lucky. But in all honesty, I mean, don't sleep on Besiktas. They have one of the toughest home atmospheres, so you never know what kind yeah. of upset they could pull at home and, and then they have a draw on the road and move on. And they also have, um, what's his name from Portugal, um, Quaresma. And uh, oh, Pepe yeah. as well is also have, on their team. I think they have Negredo too. Oh really? That team's actually kind of stacked. Yeah, they're low key pretty good. They're I know. Uh, I know. Gil Clichy went to uh, went to. I think it was Berza Sport. I don't know if it was Besiktas, but he he went so to Turkey too. Turkey on the on the come up. That league is yeah. I mean, that, they've been. Let's. I mean, let, let's put it this way: that league shouldn't be laughed at anymore. Like I think it's a. I think it's a pretty well respected league in Europe now. Obviously, not one of the top five. Yeah, but of course not. It, it's still like a pretty well respected league. Um, but like, yeah, let's get into this. Uh, this last game we played in the in the group stages of Champions League. Atletico, it was a draw, 1-1. It seemed like a game we should have won. Uh, I'm just going to read the lineup real quick. We had Courtois, uh, Christensen, Cahill, and Aspie in the back. Um, We also had uh, N'Golo Conte, Bakayoko, and Sesk with uh, Zapacosta and uh, Victor Moses getting the start. Um, And then Eden Hazard and Murata up top. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean... First off, I want to start off by saying that we we just need to do. We, I talked about it last week, but we haven't been clinical with our finishing ability. Again, another match with 
a high amount of shots with, you know, we had 17 shots, seven on target, you know, compared to their 12 shots, three on target. It's that should not end up in a one, one draw. Yeah. I, I mean, our inability to just put the damn ball in the back of the net is really frustrating, especially with the quality of opportunities that we're getting. It's not like and it's a bit concerning too. It is concerning. It's definitely concerning. I mean, it, this isn't something that like, you know, it's not, it's not like we created a half chance and, you know, are just missing a bunch of half chances. I mean, these are full-fledged chances. These should be in the back of the net nine times out of ten. Why Why can't we score in these games? Why do you think we can't, it's, we can't it's, score? It's extremely complicated. But, I mean, if I had to, like, take a stab at it, I think it just comes down to focus and confidence in front of the goal. And, and, and I do feel that it is a consequence of us playing the way we do. I mean, we sit back and we absorb pressure. We nick the ball. And we advance the ball up the pitch fairly quickly. And I think that's part of the reason why we can't put the ball in the back of the net. We also, we we can't uh, disrespect Oblak because he is one of the top goalkeepers in the world. He's elite. Yeah. And, uh, you he's... know, top one of the top three for sure. And, um, you know, he played, he played incredible. Um, I put him up there with De Gea and the Courtois is up, Neuer. you know, in the world. Neuer is in the world um, when he's healthy. Um, I definitely put him up there, and you know, with all the talk of Courtois possibly possibly leaving us, um, you know, he would be a great replacement. But I I have a very strong feeling that, and that do, he's going to PSG if we, he, you know, he's gonna he's gonna demand a lot of money, and PSG is gonna be way more willing to pay him that money than we are. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing. I think when it comes to this like top tier of goalkeepers. I mean, there's really mainly four, maybe five, if you count Buffon, but where there's where they're considered actually elite. Um, so but, do you think we deserve to win that game? I mean, I already, I already mentioned a little bit, but what do you think? Yeah, I mean, we missed so many scoring opportunities, and our possession was positive, and, and, and we were getting in, like I said, I mean, in decent positions all match long. The right side, their right side, is actually being defended by uh, Jimenez, and and he's a natural center back. Um, and Antonio Conte took note of it, and Zafacosta ran at him like a madman and gave him all types of problems. The thing is, we just can't capitalize on it, and it's it's actually becoming very concerning. You know, our inability to score against teams like Swansea, where we should have put three or four behind them, um, the Liverpool match where we should have had more than a goal. The fact that we couldn't score against the team like West Ham, it's it's very concerning. And, and and my issue with it is if we really are aiming for Champions League glory or, or, or this high, highly respected status in, in European football, we have to score in matches like this. And, and these are honestly like our dress rehearsals for when we do wind up playing the knockout stages. And uh, you Yeah, because realistically, I think the only way to salvage this season and get some hardware... I mean, it's gonna have to be in Champions League because I mean, the Premier League. I think the race is long gone, and we'll we'll talk about that when we uh talk about the Premier League match. Well, I know we you don't rate. The, I don't know. I know you don't rate the FA Cup, but <laughs> but the FA Cup is definitely something yeah. that 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 I expect us to go after this year. Especially well, yeah, after I, loss. I, if we if we were to win that, if we were to win FA Cup or Carabao Cup this year, I w- I would be really proud of our boys because. This this league this league match I mean the this league race is kind of out of hand at this point yeah um but let let's let's get back to the Champions League uh so this game we we were able to see Zapacosta um slot in at on the left side um play as a left wing back you know he 
going in or when we originally got him, we were aware that he could play on both sides, and uh, it was nice to see him on the left side. I think he had a really solid performance um, playing. A lot of people gave him slack on Twitter, and and I was pretty confused about it. Yeah, I I, I noticed that too. I think that um, he has the tendency to like really play well in the first half, and then. I don't know if he gets gassed because he really does. He he runs he really hard. Gets, I think he genuinely gets tired, and I think Conte takes note of it because he's always one of the first subs whenever he starts a match. Yeah, I mean he has he had two shots, two successful dribbles, four clearances, two key passes. Um, he cut really well um, onto his left, really well, and I think that he had he had a couple of nice strikes uh, on target that could have really ended up as goals if. Uh, if, you know, if they didn't have Oblak um, in He had goal. one really nice volley. Yeah. And when Jimenez just left them completely open on the left flank. Yeah, but, and there was also another chance where he was he was wide open for um, a, a cross, but again, Oblak came in and... Um, snuffed it out. Yeah. You know, my thing with, with Zapacosa is... And I say it every week, and I, and I feel like I sound like a broken record, but like, there's, like I said, there's this grace period of... Coming from a league that only plays, you know, the Italian way, very defensive, very compact, you know, not a lot of energy being dispersed. It's more tactical as opposed to the Premier League where it's just like a hargy bargy league and, and and a team that identifies themselves with, you know, being pretty physical and, and you know, going into challenges hard, especially against a team like Atletico that, I mean, if I had to take any team from Europe, to be a success in England, it probably would be Atletico. But this this whole Zapacosa getting slack thing, I, I'm sorry, I just don't understand it. The the who scored rating or the player ratings that you guys see on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or any type of social media, I mean, that's all bullshit. It's, it's basically, it, it comes down to what you see when you watch the game. And Zapacosa yeah. was a threat every single time he received the ball. He's and, definitely not like a, a guy who puts up the, the metrics to, you know, you look at him on paper and say, wow, this guy played out of his no, mind. No, and that's the thing. The, the wing back is a very, it's it's a very, it's a, it's a role that gets forgotten and it doesn't get appreciated enough in, in modern football, especially because everyone's starting to go with this three back set and everyone is playing with wing backs. So what, I mean, what's your opinion on him playing uh, on the left side in the future? I mean, right now we don't have another option. Kennedy's pretty far out of the picture and i don't think he's up to it defensively i think zapacosa is a good option I, I say why not you think that he would just overtake marcos alonso's spot no 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 no. i think marcos alonso has that spot locked down un- okay. you know, until uh until the media decides we go after alexandro again <laughs> um <laughs> which will happen which will happen 100 percent but probably the next few weeks but you know my my main thing with with Zapacosta is just because he's not a flashy player that just because he's not flashy and just because he doesn't come into the game scoring three goals or just because he can't replicate his cross shot whatever it was against Carabag in the first Champions League game yeah he definitely had some high he had some high expectations coming in after that first game yeah but 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 Chelsea fans have to be smart and manage their expectations if they're not they're only fooling (laughs) themselves and you know what that's football you think that we're going to be rational fans yeah right we gotta Hey, I'm pretty fucking irrational, but this past week has been very Humbling. sobering. Yeah, <laughs> more like sobering. <laughs> yeah, you know, someone who really kind of gets me gets my fire going though is Eden Hazard. He's uh-huh. been playing unreal again. I mean, gets your fire going, huh? It's uh, it's been 
we we have we have this section every single week the past couple of weeks but he's a man on fire i mean he he cannot he he he's not credited for that goal against Atletico cuz technically it was a it was a deflection it was an own goal yeah. off uh, Savage but you know this is like his fourth that's as good as a goal in my book because right. he created that out of nothing and 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 it ended up in the back of the net and to be honest that's all that matters and you know I I I don't I think you mentioned it a couple episodes ago but I joked with you after his uh great game against uh West Brom that I said that uh oh great he's he played really well so he's going to have a couple strings of bad games right after it's been you know his fourth or fifth match in a row where he's been consistently like world class and I mean I kind of you know bite my tongue now saying that but it's about damn time. I mean, you look at it, he's 26 years old and he's at the top of his game. Eventually, he has to reach his peak. And I think now is a time where we're really starting to see him blossom into this truly world-class, one-of-a-kind footballer. And it's and that's, and that's you know, it's a silver lining in a season where there's probably not going to be much to be positive about in general. But he's definitely one of, one of the, uh, one of the stars of this team and... I mean that kind of goes without saying, but he's kind of making it, making that position his own. Um, I just want to like mention a couple stats because these are pretty staggering. So if you want to look at the overall improvements from Eden Hazard's uh, last Player of the Year award in 2014-15 season when we won the title, um, his minutes per goal slash assist ratio has only been going up. So in 2014 and 15. For every 147 minutes, he would get either a goal or an assist. Um, compare that to this year, every 103 minutes. So going from 147 to 143 is pretty unbelievable. Yeah, the number is even better in Champions League. I mean, that, that year, he uh, in 2014-15, he had 131 goals or assists per minute. I mean, sorry, 100, 131 minutes uh, between goals or assists. And this year... 88 minutes that is that's unreal that means he's having at least one a game yeah yeah and, uh, and and that's what we need i mean we need a player that could do that for us obviously we're not the same team as we were in you know Mourinho's first stint where we had goals in the midfield with lampard and and goals up top with anelka and drogba and you know a, a, a reliable spine that could consistently just smash teams by with you know offensive power that i don't think that's our identity anymore and i don't think that's conte's identity in general but yeah this is you do need to have a different team you do need to have a supernatural talent though and eden hazard is definitely it so yeah i do think he's blossoming and yeah i do think he's truly world class at this point in time yeah and he uh ended up finishing 19th in the um in the ballon d'or uh, final votings i mean i i know it really doesn't mattered so uh you know so much out of the you know after the top two it's really it's Ballon Dior the past couple of years has pretty much been a battle between whether Messi or Ronaldo is going to win and you know they got did, did you know that Buffon the one last... at four I think or three those I mean kind of like a nod to him so that really just shows what what this you know what the voting really means after you know top two but you know, also in Golo Conte eighth, which is awesome. You know, considering we weren't even a Champions League team last yeah. year, yeah, pretty exceptional. But you know, that, that's crazy. I mean, m most people think of who's our best player, 
Um, a lot of people would, would think, obviously, Eden Hazard, but I think the people, I mean, the voters definitely looked at N'Golo Kante and what he brings, and they think he's our most valuable player, and I agree. I think I think N'Golo Kante's transformed a bit, and, you know, his first year at Leicester, he, he kind of went by unnoticed. Most of the hype was stolen by Jamie Vardy's scoring streak yeah. and Riyad Mahrez's flair and whatnot, but we look at we look at N'Golo Kante and, and I know Eden Hazard's our best player and he's our most naturally gifted player, but I think you could make the argument that N'Golo Kante is bar none the most important player. Especially when he especially when he went missing this year. Can we do you think we can continue talking about uh the Ballon Dior voting or do we have to get into this West Ham game? I I, I Part of me just let's wants just to talk skip about the whole entire. Let's thing. just talk about N'Golo Kante for another forty-five minutes. I, bought his jer- I actually bought his jersey a couple weeks ago. World Soccer Shop was having a sale, and that's not a plug, by the way. We're not sponsored. We're not good enough yet. But dude, the jersey's so sick, and I'm so happy that I got an N'Golo Kante jersey. All right, now let's actually talk about this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean. I- Let's just start with the fucking lineups. Courtois on goal, um, Cahill, Christensen, and Aspie as our three. Um, Zappacosta on the right, Alonso on the left. Uh, Bakayoko, Sesk, and N'Golo Kante in the middle with Hazard and Murata up top. So I guess the first thing is, is why the fuck do we always start off so slow in a London derby match? Uh. Where we know West Ham is going to come at us like a freight train, which they did to their credit. Yeah, they played they played exceptionally I, well. I just don't understand this like complacency that this team gets sometimes. Like it took us a while to get up and running against Swansea, the same thing against Liverpool, now against West Ham, like it's just this is this seems to be our Achilles heel is the first 20 or 30 minutes of the match. I mean, you look at the first 30 minutes of the Burnley match and and it was over. It was essentially over. So very disheartening, but yeah, I mean, there's not much really we could say. It's you know it's these kind of games that if we're gonna win the league, we can't lose. I mean, not just give up points, but lose. Um, I mean, obviously that 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 bad start, and it just I think I like I. We we've had that before. Um, I forget which which team it was. We beat three one. Um, when they Newcastle. scored early, Newcastle right when they scored early, and I kind of talked about it. And I was like, you know, when that happened, I was kind of like, oh, this one of this is gonna be one of those games where we just completely blow up and maybe uh, scrape out a two two. Yeah, and we ended up winning. <laughs> and the funny thing is, after after West Ham West Ham scored, I was like, "Oh, all right, easy. now we're gonna start playing." Yeah, it was the exact opposite of what I expected in the previous game, and uh, I think I'm just gonna go into every game thinking that we're gonna lose now, instead of me uh, always predicting us to win three zero or something. I'm just gonna say we're gonna lose, and we'll we'll probably end up scraping it out. Um, I think I think I need to stop talking shit about other teams' coaches because. <laughs> It seems like every time I talk shit about another team's manager, we always drop points one way or another. Um, And I think I'm going to stop now because, you know, obviously I don't want to uh, I don't want to curse this team any more than I've already been cursed. We lost four matches in our first 16. I mean, if you want to mount a title fight, I think four is the limit 
for the whole season. And we hit that before Christmas. So to go ahead and say that, yeah, this isn't going to happen. Conte is going to fix it. Everything's going to be fine. No, I don't think so. And I think this is a good time to talk about our expectations um, for this year. I mean, have you, you're the more logical one out of both of us. What do you, what classifies a successful season at this point in time with the certain circumstances? I mean, Man City being this good, our Champions League circumstance. Well, I mean, obviously, like, I mean, it's, it, I, my, this is how I've been thinking for the past three, four weeks. I just want to get second place. I want to finish higher than Man United. Um, and, and we are within striking distance of them. Um, but, you know, I, I, I've said from the beginning of the season, like, you know, you, you picked Man United to win. I picked Man City to win it all. And I mean, so far, I think that my prediction is looking to be spot on and it's it's not even gonna be close. They're, they're probably going to win the title like with over a month left in the season. Easy. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I won't be surprised if they win it in March because no team has ever come back from a deficit larger than eight points. And man, man United's already 11 back and oh, city doesn't man. look like they're about to lose anytime soon. They already, they already passed their rough stretch of matches. Yeah, I mean, and now the fixture list only gets and, know, and we didn't thicker even, and thicker, and and I don't think we did. We even talk about that game against Southampton last week that they or two weeks ago. I don't think we even mentioned it. Like that is that is the moment that I knew we weren't gonna win. win oh, the oh, Man City. Yeah, Man yeah. City's game against Southampton. I, I actually included that in our, in our match preview because we play Southampton and on next saturday yeah i think i was i was pretty confident before that game i watched that match and i was like fuck yeah man city's gonna drop points (laughs) and the title race is gonna be blown wide open i actually had a friend who's a liverpool fan text me and he's like wow thank god man city drop points i'm like you fucking idiot did you see the did you see the end of the game he's like what do you mean no (sighs) my, my issue with with that whole thing is like yeah, they do have championship DNA because they're winning matches like that, but they did it again after Southampton. They beat West Ham 2-1, which I included in our West Ham match preview last week. And it's just yeah, and then they, it's very, very And then annoying. they dominated against Man United, which is the only so, team close enough. So give me a position that you would be happy with. Well, obviously, I'll if be we ha- win any trophies, if we don't win any trophies, give me a circumstance th- that that you're content with, no complaints. Okay, I mean, obviously, we need to we need to finish top three. I mean, I'm not going to allow us to be under Liverpool or dare I say it, Arsenal. Um, I, I'm not gonna, I would not be happy with that at all. Um, I mean, I would love to get out of this first uh, knockout stage group. I mean, round against Barcelona. And then anything after that would just be an added bonus. Um, but, I mean, winning winning the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup, one of the two or both, would also be great. I mean, mm-hmm. I think if, if we don't win anything this year, if we if we finish with with no hardware, it will be a very disappointing season. I, and I will not be content. I definitely will not. Be. Even if we finish top three in our league, I won't be happy with that. A part of me does feel bad for Antonio Conte, and I feel like Chelsea fans are making our situation right now a lot worse than it needs to be because Antonio Conte wasn't supposed to win the league last year, but he did. And it almost worked against him in the sense that his expectations grew that much more, and Chelsea fans expect that much more out of him. We expect that much more improvement this year. Look at this year in hindsight. This past year, actually. 
we won the title in one of the worst in in one of the most fortunate times in Premier League history. I mean, Man City did not have a strong team. Man United was nowhere near where they needed to be. Liverpool still had no backline. Arsenal was Arsenal. I mean, there was really no one else that could have beat us besides Tottenham, but they're Tottenham and they're never they never have a god-given right to win a league, so that's why we did, right? Right. But then you come into this year, rumors of Antonio Conte not being happy, not getting the players he wanted. We waited till the end of the transfer window to make any moves. I mean, there's no reason to think that we purchased the players that we actually wanted to purchase because all of our purchases were late. And if we did want to get, if we wanted, if we got the players we wanted initially, it would have happened early on. That's one. Okay. Number two is yes, we did win the title last year, but you also have to understand that this team still is not fully his. And there's some pieces of this team that he doesn't like and that he doesn't approve of. And you have to take that into consideration. He doesn't trust certain players. If he, if we had the squad depth and the trust, um, and the manager had the players had the trust of the manager, we would have started Michi Batshuayi in that game. And we would have rested Maratha, so he wouldn't have to play like shit for 90 minutes. And Batshu, by the way, when Batshuayi came out against West Ham, he actually did pretty damn well. He was holding up the ball. His movement was good. He always There's plays no off he... when he comes off the bench. He always plays well when he comes off but, the but bench. But that's the thing, though, is... is He's a super there, sub. There's this lack of trust within between Conte and some of his personnel. And I mean, you can't so. really blame him for that. But yeah. here's the thing. If we did not win the title last year, let's say we just finished in the top four um, and you know we secured our Champions League spot, didn't make any cup runs, just a top four finish. Would you have been satisfied after the year we had no. in 15-16? Oh, no. After 15-16? After finishing 10th place? No, yeah. that w- I, mean, I, I mean, yeah, that would have been an improvement, but I would have been so down still from the year before. That no, no, I no. I, I'm still down from that year, obviously. But like, yeah. I'm just saying, coming from a 10th place team to winning the league, I mean that's just kind of yeah mind blowing, right? Of course. And, and 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 this is what really irritates me is like, Chelsea fans give him slack and they give the team slack. You, what you got to do is cut them some slack, if anything, yeah. because we shouldn't have won the title last year. That was a heaven sent for us. And this year, our our expectations still need to be managed. We're playing with a striker who's never been the number one on any of the teams he's ever played on. Eden Hazard's coming back from a terrible ankle injury. We got Bakayoko, who's completely new to the system. We integrated Andreas Christensen into the squad, which is awesome for us in the future. Really long-term investment. We purchased Rudiger, who looks like he's he, he's a solid player. I mean, yeah, maybe we made a couple questionable moves, uh, maybe letting Chaloba go. But, I mean, let's be honest. Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, they weren't circling over Chaloba. Watford was, right? Yeah, we sent Ruben Loftus Cheek on loan. We sent Tammy Abraham on loan. We're making good moves. Our yeah. team is I mean, solid. Ampadu is a great signing. But my thing is, just because we don't win a trophy, even if we don't win a trophy this year, Chelsea fans need to chill the fuck out and relax. I think, and I'm gonna end my tangent here. If we finish top four, I'll go to sleep happy at the end of the season. Maybe not ecstatic. Maybe I won't be jumping for joy. But at least it'll give me something to look forward to next year and give me some type of confidence moving forward. Yeah, that's fair. And I'll edit the part where you said that we didn't deserve to win the title last year. I'll edit that out later. Um, uh, so let's get back no, to no, this no. West Ham. We, we did. I mean, we won it. So obviously we deserved it. But I'm yeah. saying, you know, top, I mean, let's think about it this way. If you take last year out of context, 
Let's say, take this year out of the equation. The last two years out of context, who was the best team in England between both years combined? You want to talk not about results? T- definitely not Tottenham. If I that's what fucking you're hate up. Tottenham more than anything in the world. And if I'm that's actually what going, you're saying, I'm actually going no. to the game on the 31st. Yeah, that's but awesome. Between 2015 and 2017, okay, I'll, I'm going to edit. I'm going to edit this whole episode and remove I'm, I'm, everything hey, that you're I'm saying right now. I'm being logical on here. I love Chelsea though, so fuck Tottenham. I'm done talking about it. So Bakayoko, let's get let's start let's talk about this game again because Bakayoko played really really poorly I once again. To, I want you to pronounce his first name before we use it. Timoye. Try again. Timoye. Yeah, yeah. It's Timoe, I think. Oh, Timoe. I think when, I, I watch uh, David Luiz's Instagram stories, and he says like Timoe, Timoe, yeah. Bakioko. All right, well, however you say his name, it's Baka not nice, or uh, at a lot of times Baka not good. Um, another lackluster display, and you know, I mean, coming after his Atletico performance, um, which wasn't as bad as it was. Against West Ham, but you know, I mean, he he does a lot of solid things throughout the game. That's like if you just ha- saw like a highlight tape of all the good stuff that he did, it's like, oh, you don't have a bad. He game. looks like a world beater. And then he, if you watch the whole game, there's just so many wasteful passing, um, just holding on to the ball too long. Yeah, and you know, bat really poor defensive cover, letting up, you know, just like letting up really you know poor touches in our box that end up to goals you know i i think and he, you know he got he got hooked on uh during that game pedro came on for him at half um that still wasn't enough for us you, i thought it was the right move though i thought pedro gave us a lot yeah what do you I mean do you think drink water would have been better suited to play in this game no I, I don't think conte got the tactics wrong at all and i'll tell you why because we played with the same exact team at atletico and we bossed them. I mean, we we literally ran them off the pitch. I know we only won two one, but that was that was a scoreline that just flattered to deceive. I do. I, part of me wants Drinkwater to play in a match like this, but at the same time, Bakioko is just he has just as much European experience as Danny Drinkwater does for one, and two. I mean, you do need someone a little bit more athletic who could get up and down the pitch um, in a, against a side that's going to counterattack us. And Danny Drinkwater is. As mo- he's he's mobile. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, it doesn't hold a candle to Bakioko's athletic ability. Mm-hmm. My my issue with Bakioko is, it, it's it, I don't think it's his physical attributes. I don't think he's not fit. I don't think that he's not good enough. I just think that his mentality is completely wrong, um, and this happens a lot with big players. And this is what's concerning. And and I'm not flashing a warning light yet, but. A lot of times you have a player who comes from a smaller club like Monaco, who's a great feeder club, and great youth system. You have a player comes up through the youth system somewhere, for, you know, some other country, wherever it may be. They have a good season or two. They get their big money move and then they just kind of disappear off the face of the planet. And I'm starting to fear that Bakioko might be in that camp. And I'm usually not the person that goes out and, you know, becomes really cynical and, and pessimistic about our players' performances, but it's just very disheartening to see a couple performances like that. Um I, I think he I just think he, it's just a matter of him needing to sit. I think he needs to sit for a couple games. Yeah, definitely. I mean I don't know if it's just getting his yeah, getting his mind right, I think, you know, just it's 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 tough having a couple games like that, you know, a stretch like that he's having and uh especially with the expectations that he has with this, you know, Chelsea is a huge club and 
you have a lot of expectations for the amount of money we spend for him. So I think he has a lot of pressure and uh, it's tough adjusting to the Premier League after coming after playing in the French League. Um, and, you know, another player who's who hasn't necessarily had a tough time adjusting, but he definitely is going through a bad patch. Yeah. Murata. I mean, no, I'm talking about Murata. Yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's he, he he definitely got his taste of what the Premier League has to offer um you know it's matches like these where he's gonna find life very difficult in the premier league um with west ham sitting just incredibly deep and chelsea trying to you know whip balls that you know they just couldn't find them because of how big their defenders are my i know Morata was supposedly ill or not 100 percent fit for this match for whatever reason but i mean why not give michi a go and this is what i don't understand and part of this blame falls on Conte, and, and it kind of has nothing to do with Morata, but I'm going to say it anyways. Um, I don't understand why we play 3-5-2 against teams that are lesser than us. Yeah. Um, I don't know why you just don't throw William or Pedro on the opposite flank and just kind of play with two false nines and a striker and just completely go for it with Sesc and Conte in the midfield. It's... I know that sounds really hypocritical because I hate Sesc and Conte together, <laughs> but West Ham did not have... Uh, an insane amount of pace on the pitch and they had three center backs so why would we only play with two strikers why not get three out there let's stretch them let's run into the channels let's open up those wings like it's like it's like it's really pragmatic it's like uh, Conte and Pep Guardiola are just complete polar opposites in that uh, Conte is so like preserved like he's so reserved he's just defensive and like he'll take that Two zero one zero win and like Pep loves to just go all out and like just demolish the teams that he plays like five Compared six Marino, games. Who will just go for like a one one? Yeah, I mean yeah, and, I mean, but I feel like Conte is similar in the in the sense that he's not trying to you know rip teams' hearts out. He's he's more he's more focused on not letting them score and then you know us getting on you know getting one on the counter to. Um, but, I, I just hope the rest of the squad is kind of taking note of what's going on. I mean, you have some of your main players that are having a rough time. I mean, Bakayoko is going through a bad patch. David Luiz, let's not forget about him, a huge part of the team. Um, Murata now, kind of struggling. Zapacosta here and there. This is when the rest of the guys just kind of got to step up and say, you know what, fuck you guys. I'm going to take matters into my own hands and I'm going to carry us through. And Especially in a London derby, like, when have we not played West Ham? When have we played West Ham without fireworks? I know this is never. I was so disappointed. Never, and, and that's and that's when you ask me should Drinkwater have come in? Yeah, I think we need an English player on the pitch in a game like this, so he could go into the locker room, pull everyone's shirt by the collar, and say, "Hey, get your head out of your ass. We're playing against another London rival," and it's it's unfortunate, and you know. I mean, was West Ham that good, or did we just play that poorly? I mean, I think, I, I think that's a real question about the whole match. We, I don't think that. I think we kind of look, we looked up to the game. You know, we played with energy, and but just West Ham, they played really well, and I was Credit not to them. not no, I wouldn't say I was shocked, but I was very surprised. I mean, like we talked about it last week, that they're a team with much higher expectations than what they're suit what the you know what they're sitting at right now um they have a lot of talent and uh they have a decent coach 
manager as well. Um, so, you know, credit to them for doing that. And, you know, we had a lot of chances. Murata, Hazard both had solid chances in the second half. They weren't able to capitalize. And, you know, if, if like I said, if, if we want to win, if, you know, if, if we're a team that is really looking to win the title, you know, these are the matches we got to take three points in. And, you know, it's clear that we, we, you know, officially need to come to terms with the fact that we're not winning a title. And I think this weekend officially we can just stamp it in this is not going to be our year yeah and and i think that's okay no, yeah that is fine i mean you look at the other clubs that are in the premier league the manchester united the manchester cities liverpool th- those are clubs that we're never going to spend as much as you know like they're way richer than us and yeah maybe we do have the money maybe we could go out and spend three four hundred million every summer but that's not the angle that abramovich is trying to go about it and i don't think that's the way a proper football club should run um I, I, I forget exactly who said it, but um, it was on a Chelsea fan cast, so, and, and they alluded to the fact that, you know, maybe Abramovich is trying to take this club in a different direction in terms of financial status, because before we were known as a club where a really rich Russian oil billionaire came along and just spent a lot of money, and we bought the league, and, yep. and that's fair, I guess, to a certain extent, because, yeah, I mean, we did buy the right players. Granted, we had to buy the right players first, but we did, nonetheless. But now, you know, we have the new stadium being developed, our financial, uh, we, we, we have a little bit of, of a financial burden now, and I think we are cutting back on the spending, and it's showing with the certain, you know, with the types of players we're buying, not to say that they're crap, but they're not the finished articles yet. Mm-hmm. And that's when you have to have faith in the manager, kind of like what I'm saying, I don't think we should be overreacting now and saying, "Oh my gosh, blow up the whole team." You know, they're 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 terrible. It's one year, and we added so many new faces and lost so many old faces, and it's just kind of like a changing of the guard scenario where we have a much younger team than we did last year, um, and we have to come into this and be like, "Okay, well, let's finish top four. Let's get our Champions League spot. Let's make a run. Let's give Barcelona a go. Maybe we maybe we snag a cup on the way there, and you know, we move on to next season." But yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about West Ham, they completely outplayed us and they deserve yeah. the win. It's that simple. Yeah, um, speaking of moving on, let's, yeah, uh, let's, let's move on. Yeah, let's just move on, please. I want yeah, to fly through these right. because we're running low on time. But <laughs> I went on a couple of rants and it was just... Yeah, so Huddersfield, we got coming up uh, tomorrow mm-hmm. or it'll be today when we post it. You guys listen to it on Tuesday. Um, we've got some injuries coming in. Um, Murata... He's got some back soreness, so he's he missed the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know what what do you what do you think about this injury? So here's an interesting theory that I have. I mean, he came back from his hamstring injury at an interesting time when Bachuai just happened to get injured as well. Um, I think we kind of ran Murata into the ground. I heard Conte's training tactics are really hardcore, and I don't knowing him, he's a man of pride and passion. I don't think he cut back the uh, amount of intensity that he has in his training sessions mm-hmm. now that he's playing two times a week. I still think Maratha was nursing a little bit of an injury. Not 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 to say like his hamstring was pulled, but maybe he wasn't up to full fitness yet. Yeah, maybe you he was can't come back a from a hamstring bit, injury and play five matches in a row straight yeah. for three weeks. You know, like that's just not how it works. And so obviously this means that Batshuayi is going to get the nod at starting uh, a striker. I mean, does that worry you or The question is does it worry you? <laughs> you I don't want to hate him. I'm I mean, I think our plan should be 
uh, to start someone else as a striker and just put Mishi in in the first two minutes. I was thinking about playing those three false nines where we go 3-4-3 three, three with Pedro, William, and Hazard up top. Have yeah, having Hazard play up the middle. Yeah, I like we, that. We haven't seen Hazard play in a striker role, really, and we, we've... We think well, that I mean he, I don't know if he's Mourinho big tried it a couple times and and Gus Hitting tried it a couple times. Yeah, I mean this season, but I mean I, I don't think that he's big enough uh, to play striker. I don't no, know, no, but, but to kind of play the false nine and have yeah. like three inside forwards against a team that are against Huddersfield, where you know they're going to kind of sit deep and try and, and and you know just cut off our passing lanes and and irritate us that way. I mean, I'll give Batshuayi the nod because he 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 played well against Atletico too. We we didn't talk about that, but he got put in late. I think he scored a brace for the U twenty ones as well. Yeah, he he scored two. I think actually yeah. he scored two goals. Um, so you know he's he's been playing a lot better lately, and um, you know I'll I'll definitely be. I really expect myself to be coming in next week and saying, what what the hell was I thinking of, of giving him any trust? But um, I think that he he deserves a starting chance against this team uh, that, you know, is right now sitting 12th in the table. Uh, they've scored 11 goals this season and only, you know, and have given up 26 goals. Um, and, uh, you know, right now against the top six teams, they're one in four, which includes a, 2-1 win against Man U back in October, but I think, was it a 5-0, 5-0, or 6-0 loss against Arsenal a couple weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know... My, I, my theory about Huddersfield is, it's not even a theory, it's a fact. Facts. They have a very good manager in David Wagner, who, by the way, has American citizenship, so U.S. national team, like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You have your <laughs> manager right here waiting for you, but um, he's... Like I said, they have a good manager. They started out the season really well, so they were winning matches early on. They kind of took a little dip in form. I think as the matches came thicker and heavier, um, their lack of squad depth is really starting to catch up to them. And it's a midweek match, so they're going to have to rotate regardless. It shouldn't be a problem, but I'm not going to go ahead and say that Chelsea's a guaranteed lock for this game. Right. Because I said that against West Ham, and I said that against Crystal Palace. And you know this this team has one of the worst uh, front lines in in all of the Premier League right now. Mm-hmm. They they have only scored eleven goals, which makes them the third worst in the division. So I mean, but when they do score, and you know we've had this trend of allowing goals early, just like very absent-minded goals. Um, when they score early, they or whenever they score, they they love to play in their own half and you know they're, they're very good at locking it up once yeah, they have a lead they make yeah. it very difficult to break them down so um, and that's why they're 12th in the table with that kind of goal differential i mean they have a 15 goal differential negative 15 but somehow in 12 which is crazy exactly and that's a testament to the management and that's a testament to how organized of a team they are um go ahead and just kind of give me your predictions cuz we do need to move along to this southampton match I'm going to predict a uh, 2-1. Ooh. 2-1 win. Well, it is going to be tough. We are going to Huddersfield. So I'm going to go uh I'm going to go 1-0. I don't think they have enough to uh to punish us. They'll score but, in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> but 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 I do think uh I think we're going to I think we're going to nick an early goal and and we're going to be on our heels the rest of the match. Um I just have that I just have a gut feeling. Huddersfield's a very tough place to play, but moving on um to a slightly easier place to play normally, but maybe not this season. Stanford Bridge, we're welcoming uh, Southampton on Saturday. Yeah, I think uh, we're gonna definitely need Murata back for this one. Um, 
Southampton has a notoriously very strong back line. Um, you know, everyone knows Virgil van Dyke from the transfer talks and, you know, Cedric Soares has also has been very good. Quality, quality um, right back. I would have loved to have him as a replacement for, or as a, as a backup for Moses. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, they only, they've only allowed 19 goals all season. So mm-hmm. they're, they're a tough team to break down. Nearly beat Man City a couple weeks ago. Um, allowed two pretty late goals. Um, they they always seem to be a side that plays proper football. They always have a couple proper footballers that can move the ball around, that can link up play, and they always have one big burly striker um, who just only knows how to bag goals in with his head. And they kind of tick all those boxes again this year. Obviously, they're they're standing. Um, they're only one position ahead of, of Huddersfield, I believe. They're 11th, I think, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think they're in 11th, so... I mean that's nothing to shrug about, but at the same time, like this is a team where the wheels have barely began to start turning, and they're starting to become very, very dangerous. Um, yeah, this this is a very organized team, Southampton. Yeah. But there's one thing I can say that's and a they very always are. they're a very so organized team. Um, they they the season they've been playing typically with like a diamond shaped midfield four, um, which means that they're compact. They're they're very narrow, and um, whenever we're we're playing against teams that play like that. It's 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 crucial that our wing backs, um, they create width and create chances and stretch out their defense. And um, you know, as as we've mentioned against any team that plays compact. Um, so again, look for crucial like good play from our wing backs that game, whether it be Marcos Alonso and Zapacosta or Victor Moses gets a nod or. Whoever's in uh, playing back there, um, I, per- I I honestly hope we see Moses and Alonso again. I agree. I I want to see love. I want to see our strongest possible side going against uh going against um going against the Southampton team. Wow, I don't know why I had a brain <laughs> fart. Um, but one thing I want to mention before we do um, move on is uh they do have a couple goal threats on their team. I mean, Charlie Austin, that big burly striker we were talking about. There he is, and, and it'll be hard to miss him and his tattoo sleeves uh, when we play him. Um, Manolo Gabbiadini. This is actually someone that I wouldn't mind if Chelsea went after. He's not a goal getter. He's just a scorer of really pretty goals. I think he'll be a decent third third string striker, someone that could give Batshuayi a run for his money. And then Steven Davis, obviously like a, a, a veteran in the Premier League, um, but he's very, very good at creating chances and putting them away. So it, it won't be a surprise if any of these guys, um, if, if, if any of them have a game against us, like a proper game, because, again, they are proper footballers. They're a very, very good footballing team. They love to move the ball around their possession first. And and they don't change the way they play depending on who they play. And that's something that's pretty respectable about them. So, I mean, I guess now that we got to talk about our predictions, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say we are at home. I think I'm going to go with a – I think this one's a 2-1. I think this one reeks of a 2-1 for me. I'm gonna go. I can't hate to say this, but a one-one draw. I think it's gonna be mm-hmm. a draw. We're gonna draw points against them. I just have a feeling. Just because that's because of their defense. They um, have, they have a fairly good record at Stamford Bridge too, to their credit. So yeah, I don't know. Well, let's see what happens. I mean, obviously that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Man, I'm usually like way more happy at the end of the 
the podcast because I'm like predicting us to blow out whatever team we're playing against. Well, today's more of a relief because this podcast just felt like a chore with how shit we've been yeah. in the last week. And I'm just glad it's over, man. I want to move on. I'm glad that our expectations can be managed from now and that, you know, like I don't have to worry about us winning the league because we're just not anymore. So I can just kind of like toss that one out the window and move on with the rest of my life yeah and we got a couple more months till that first uh first leg of the round of 16 comes up so yeah um, yeah we got that to look forward to um february 20th is the first game wow win or lose i mean european knights playing against a club as historic as barcelona i mean you as for a club like chelsea you can't ask for much yeah i'm really i'm I'm looking forward to that so right now we get to focus on uh uh, Carabao Cup and FA Cup because is one of these games is a Carabao Cup. No, it's not. We're next no, next Premier League. Yeah, yeah, next week we play against, against um, Bournemouth. Bournemouth, believe, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's right. Um, that that that'll be next week when we talk about that. Well, and this does bring us to the end. Some any last words? I just, I just hope, <laughs> I just hope next week we feel a lot better. Yeah, me too. We have a more energetic and happy uh, well, serendipity. Kinda. Serendipity. That's a great word. Serendipitous. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything much to say. Go watch Star Wars if you get a chance. Yeah. I'm you, definitely going to be doing that this next if, week. If you were able to get a ticket somehow. Yeah. Um. But anyways, we'll see you guys next week. Um. Keep the blue flag flying high. Oh, and don't forget to follow us um, on Twitter. Don't forget to follow us on Insta. On Insta, we don't even have an Instagram. Follow us on Twitter, SoundCloud, iTunes. Uh, make sure to email us romansempirepod at gmail dot com. Our Twitter is at romansempirepod. Look for us. We have a picture of Roman Abramovich with a crown on his head because it is his empire after all. So until then, uh, keep the blue flag flying high, and we'll talk to you guys soon.